You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony. Kazuo Ishiguro's new book is The Buried Giant. It's set in a 5th century Britain. Kazuo, could you read to us from the book? Okay, this is a very short snippet. When I was outside just now, doing my best to remember all I could in the stillness, many things came back to me. But I can't remember our son, neither his face nor his voice, though sometimes I think... I can see him when he was a small boy, and I am leading him by the hand beside the river bank, or when he was weeping one time and I was reaching out to comfort him. But what he looks like today, where he's living, if he has a son of his own, I don't remember at all. I was hoping you'd remember more, Princess. Ish, this is a novel that, in a sense, is almost a love story in reverse. And I'd like you to talk about creating this kind of love story that starts near the end. Well, it's a, yeah, it's not a love story in the sense of two people coming together and declaring their love for each other. And that's the end. You know, most love stories we think of as being that, but I, I think they should be renamed, that kind of story should be renamed courtship stories. I think this is a real love story because it, it talks about what happens over the long distance of love. Um, it's interesting you say it's kind of back to front, but I, it partly might feel a little bit back to front simply because it's about a couple who, who for, for bigger reasons in the book, they've lost their, the shared memories of their long, long life together. And they start off by thinking, um, well, we need to recover those shared memories because what would happen to our love without the shared memories? Surely, for, you know, for a marriage like this, we need the shared memories. They're the most precious things to us. But as, as the story goes on, they st- a new fear starts to engulf them. You know, do they really want to remember all their memories? Will the bad ones come back with the good ones? And if the bad ones come back, is, is their love strong enough to survive their coming back? In this novel, the characters experience a world that's like ours but is based on different beliefs. And I'd like you to talk about creating that world based on beliefs, things that we no longer believe. I kind of decided to pay the pay the characters the respect uh, of allowing the things that they believe stuff that we would today call superstitious. I, I thought I would pay them the due respect and ha- allow those things to exist literally in my book, as long as it was something perfectly reasonable to believe at that time, because we're talking about a pre-scientific era. And so it's absolutely intelligent and normal to believe in certain kinds of supernatural forces to explain weird things that, and sad things and tragic things that happen in their lives. So if somebody dear to, it's, it's supposing somebody dear to you got ill and you were somebody from that time, you would want an explanation. You don't have a medical explanation. So why wouldn't you say, I think actually it was that night from two months ago when we heard something moving about in the dead of night in our room when we were asleep. It was a pixie that brought an illness and gave it to my wife, and that's why she's sick today. I mean, why isn't that a perfectly decent explanation? Um, so in my in my fictional world, I decided to allow that for real. Yes. So anything that people could, any belief that they could reasonably hold, I would allow it to exist literally. So there are pixies and supernatural forces 
in in this book, but they're there to represent very real fears or very real hopes, a very real way of explaining uh, the world uh, that they live in. I love the prose in this novel and the way that the dialogues have the feeling of something handed down, not necessarily to people talking as we would understand it today, but uh, transcription from another time almost. It's it's very it was very difficult for me to try and try and get that balance between something that readers could enjoy reading over a long distance of a whole you know, full length novel, but that still felt like it could possibly be you know something you stumbled across in the in a library some ancient text you know uh, so it's a bit of a, a a difficult thing and and I struggle with it myself I I was forced to abandon um, an earlier version of this book by my wife who kind of officially disapproved entirely of of that dialogue that I was working with earlier on and she made me uh, basically you know start again from the beginning um and create a different kind of language. You know, all I knew was that I did have to create a special kind of language for them to speak to each other in. I couldn't go down the road of them talking in a kind of modern English. But what I eventually settled on after my wife told me that the earlier version had to be completely put in the bin, um, I, I, I went for a simplified English, not an ornamented English. I resorted to subtraction rather than addition. I took out words that you and I would normally say, in, in our modern English, a that or an of or from, you know, every now and again. And I found that created something that was simple and oddly stilted. It felt it felt recognizable, but it felt kind of odd and old. And in my to my ear, I could feel a kind of a, a lyricism there. A, a, yeah, a stilted kind of lyricism, but I could feel a lyricism there. So I was always going for that little kind of lyricism. But it's it's I, I got that artificial language out of simplicity and subtraction. I've been speaking with Kazuo Ishiguro. His new book is The Buried Giant. Thank you for joining me, Ish. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotron.com slash agony.